This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And this time we're talking about holiday cookies, part two. Yes, this episode was suggested by host Matthew. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's you. I love that you wrote on our agenda, it's time to go back to the tin. Is that um, like a movie slogan or something? It is a movie slogan. It's a um, uh, little known uh, mashup between uh, Back to the Future and Tin Machine, the uh, super group <laughs> featuring, was it like David that Bowie and um... and... David Byrne. Um, yeah, now I, I have to look know. this up. That seems that doesn't seem right, but I'm I'm here for it. Look it up. Okay, uh, so just, important. Uh, we need to pause and look up who was in Tin Machine. I'll, I'll wait. British American hard rock supergroup noted for being fronted by David Bowie. <laughs> it was David Bowie and no one else you've heard of, which makes it hard for me to call <laughs> it a supergroup. But it, it featured Reeves Gabrels on guitar and vocals. Tony Fox sales on bass and vocals and Hunt sales on drums and vocals. Tony and Hunt are the sons of American comedian Soupy sales. <laughs> so, okay, so basically it was wow. David Bowie. Wow. I mean, I felt certain for a minute there as you started to read the names after David Bowie. I felt pretty sure that I was going to Mm -hmm. know one of them and that I was going to get to show you up. But then as you kept reading, my hope dwindled down to nothing. And and, but Soupy Sales brought it back up. Right. Yes, I do know Soupy Soupy Sales. sales. Soupy Sales was the one who was famous for for saying, kids, go into your go into your parents drawers and find the pieces of paper with dead presidents on them and send them to me. Wait, what? I've never, I've really never heard of soupy sales. I guess not drawers, like like purse or something. Wait, do you, by drawers do you mean underwear? Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> your parents are are uh, are uh, exotic dancers and have and have uh, paper money in their underwear at all times. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Wow. Okay. How did we wind up here? We're going to talk about holiday cookies part two. Right. We got here because we were talking about Tin Machine, the super group that released two albums, uh, two concept albums, both of which were about holiday cookies. Just like us, our first holiday cookies episode was episode 256 in uh, 2016. Oh, wait. It's been that long? I thought it was last year. It was not last year. 
Oh my God, really? Yeah, no. So it's been like by 2020 standards, it's been like 16 years since we did that episode. Wow. Yeah, I'm so shocked. Truly, I thought you were going to say that it was like episode 410 and we had done it in 2019. I I cannot say that because it would be a lie. Okay. Well, anyway, here we (laughs) are. Unlike all the stuff I said about Tin Machine, which was true. Episode 467. And we are back talking about holiday cookies. And Matthew suggested this episode because of something that's been going on in his house. (laughs) Something's been going on in my house. Can you guess what it is? Sleeping, eating. Do you say knitting? I said eating. Oh, sleeping, eating, knitting. And if you guessed cookies, you're right. Okay, tell tell us the backstory here. Okay, this story actually begins in December 2001. When Sunset Magazine published a cover story called Our Favorite Cookies, We Picked the 20 Best Reader Recipes. And uh, I don't know if this is officially online, but we scanned it and I'm going to we're going to post a link in the show notes to the scan until Sunset Magazine tells us to take it down. Are you guys subscribers to Sunset Magazine? We are not currently subscribers to Sunset Magazine, although I think we have been in the past. Well, I wonder if they've updated this list. I mean, that was that was 19 years ago. It's a good question. And like there if if you're wondering, like, are there are there any like early 2000 trends in cookies that you can identify from this article? The answer is coconut. Oh, interesting. Sort of. Okay, Matthew, so tell us about these cookies. Can you walk us through what Sunset Magazine says are the, the best reader recipe Christmas cookies? Yes. So the interesting thing about this, and uh, and when I say interesting, I mean, I don't know if this is interesting. We made the top cookie of the year which they identified as coconut cranberry chews. And that's been a favorite cookie in our house ever since that issue of Sunset came out. Okay. And it is, uh, it's like a, it's got orange. It's, it's, a, it's a chewy coconut and cranberry cookie um, with, uh, with some orange zest in it. And it's very tasty. Hmm, okay. Uh, so, but this year, wife of the show, Lori, realized that she had never made any of the other cookies from the 20 best cookies issue. And so resolved to, uh, to have her holiday baking informed by, uh, shaped by some people, some editors at Sunset 20 years ago. And so far, she has made 13 of the 20 cookies. Wait, wait a minute. She's made them all this year. All this year, all in the last month and a half, maybe? You know, there are so many good things that have happened in 2020. And this this is what? right at the top of the list. <laughs> I mean, well, there, there are like little good things like... Um... <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. So so basically there's cookies. Well, no, I feel like my... Uh, okay, my, my peony plant finally really seems to have taken root. Your peony has taken root. Also, we got a cargo box for our car this year on OfferUp. That was... is that like is that like a thing that goes on top of your car? Yeah, it's like one of those big boxes. We had one of those when I was a kid. What what did we put in it though? Well, here's the thing. Did you ever go camping as a yeah, child? Yeah, we did. Yeah. So by the time you put like your actual family members in the car. And then you put in like their bags of clothes and stuff. You don't really have any room left in the car for all the camping stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So you got to put your your tent poles and your yeah. cots and your and your camp stove and your propane tank and your tarps. Probably. Yeah. But anyway, we got one this Petons. year on OfferUp. And those things, those things are expensive. Good Lord. 
we shopped around for a long time while I got used to how expensive they were, even secondhand. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done that. <laughs> and can and you just then, use like a like a Amazon box? <laughs> then, then we finally we finally bit the bullet and bought one that I think was like half the price of what it would have been brand new. And it's kind of the greatest thing that's ever happened to us as a family of people who can now only vacation within a, a two-hour radius of home and need to get there by car. Now, are you afraid that you might overload it and your car would be top-heavy? Well, Matthew, if that were the case, my entire family would have perished over Thanksgiving. That's a good point. Because uh, we we rented a little Airbnb house on the Washington coast and went there just, just our nuclear family plus my mother, who's in our bubble, Tony Negroni, for those mm-hmm. who are listening. Yes. Anyway, Wait, wow. Wait, have you asked her yet what her summer cocktail is? I haven't yet. <laughs> All right, I'm going to I'm going to bug you about this every week. Anyway, you know, we didn't want to have to go anywhere, right? Like we, you know, I feel like if if you're going to leave the county you live in, you you shouldn't take your germs out to like any grocery stores. Yes, anything, yes. You know? I, I, that makes sense. So anyway, we took like everything we needed. We literally went nowhere once we got out there. So we had such a full car it was stupid but we took everything we needed for thanksgiving i hated that so much when i was a kid when like i had no room to move my leg because there was so much shit in the car we even took our guinea pig (laughs) percy we took percy We we put him in a banker box without the lid because it oh. fit perfectly between the two people sitting in the back seat. I was actually wondering about this because I, I was I knew that that your guinea pig needs a lot of love and attention. <laughs> yeah, and whether whether you'd brought the guinea pig along. He's he's an only pig. Yeah. So yeah, he came with us and he well, he spent most of the, the, the drive coping. And then most of the drive home coping. But, How, what does that look like? Well, it just looks like him burrowing into the blanket we had at the bottom of the Aww. box for him. But then once we were there, I think he really had the time of his life. He was a really happy, happy Percy. Anyway, all this to say... I don't know how I got here. Well, I mean, I think oh, this is... Oh, good things that happened in 2020. We got a secondhand roof box. Okay, I, I mean, a, cargo I a, box. Okay, first, first, I have a question. I've been wanting to, like, clear out some room in, in our storage storage space so I can do some music recording there, in there. Do you think I could get one of these boxes and put it on the roof of our apartment <laughs> building? Probably, okay. probably. I mean, yeah. I don't know how often our manager goes up there. He might not notice for months. Well, and, you know, there are locking models. Ours locks. Yeah. So you could just put it up there. I don't know. Chain it to something and lock yep. it and you're good to go. That's great. I have a lot of chains. Yeah. I'll bet um, you do. And the other thing is, because you mentioned Percy, this would be a perfect time for our new recurring segment, The Cute Animals You Need to Know. Oh, God. I haven't been studying up. Are, no, do no, you know no. This is my segment. Ones? Your segment is What's New in Animal Crossing. Oh, oh God. I have okay. some news about Animal Crossing. Okay, great. Okay, so, uh, uh, Abby, play the theme song for The Cute Animals You Need to Know. <laughs> Update. Uh, there's a cat that snores, and it snores so loud that it wakes up its owners. And when okay. it when it wakes up its owners, tell me how to find it. I'm I'm here. I'm ready I'm to not look for sure. it. Sure. Okay. Internet. Let me let me see if I can find this again on YouTube. I'm gonna search for snoring cat. I'm a little worried there may be more than one snoring cat. Do our listeners know how much producer Abby hates this new segment you've invented? <laughs> Well, I mean, she could just cut it out. She's the producer. That's true. Okay, I've got it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna text this to you right now. Text it. I'm ready. Do you think we can get the snoring on tape? 
Oh, I think we could. Okay, so so the title of the of the video is "Cat Snores So Loud We Can't Sleep," and it's a it's about a cat who woke oh. up its owners. Isn't that adorable? God, that is really. I mean, probably cute. they should like get that cat checked out for sleep apnea. But oh god, but it does look like it's laboring quite hard to breathe. But it's so cute while it's doing it. So that's really all I've got this week in uh, cute animals you should know. Now, what's okay. new in Animal Crossing? Oh man. Okay, Matthew. Oh, first I need to ask: Was there a moose cooking demo on Thanksgiving? You know what? I was very confused about Thanksgiving. I think I gave the wrong information. <laughs> So oh, here's, no. here's it's, a, the thing. it's a correction. So I was informed that Thanksgiving is Turkey Day <laughs> in Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. as well as in many parts of North America. Anyway, here's the deal. So there was supposed to be a turkey named Franklin okay. who was going to be set up in, in the village plaza outside of resident services. And Matthew, this actually sounded really fun. He was going to be doing a cooking demo, like making a meal that was not, uh, it was actually not a Thanksgiving. Was the cookie going to be, the turkey, the cookie? No, just just wait a minute. He was not going to cook himself. I No, I was going to say, is he going to roast a human? (laughs) No, he, but that would be so fun. It would be hilarious, Um, yeah. He was going to be cooking things that were like uh, specific to the island, the island you're living on in Animal Crossing, I think. So each island has its own turkey? I think it has its own like cuisine or something. Oh wow! I don't. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I think I'm getting ahead of myself right. here. I think I'm inventing things. But anyway, so Franklin was supposed to be set up in the village plaza, and it was going to be really fun. You're noticing the verb tense I'm using. Yeah. It was going to be really fun because the thing is, is like Franklin needed certain ingredients that you, the Animal Crossing player, were going to help him find. Oh, that sounds like a delightful adventure. Doesn't doesn't that sound so fun? Well, so Thanksgiving morning, I spent a long time on my phone, like Googling, trying to figure out why Franklin was not in June's Village Square or Plaza or whatever the hell it was. And The thing is, is you had to have like upgraded your resident services building, even though he was just going to be in the plaza outside. That's not fair. I know. And June had not yet upgraded her resident services. So Thanksgiving Day, June, like, you know, like pulled the what what is it? I hate using these like gun metaphors. Pull the trigger, bite the bullet. I was going to I was going to ask earlier if if you knew where the phrase bite the bullet comes from, because I was thinking about it and realized I have no idea. Yeah. I wonder if we could find something else. Okay, but anyway, June finally went ahead and began the process of updating her resident services building on Thanksgiving. But everything in Animal Crossing, like, takes actual time the way it does in the real world. Like, if you want to upgrade resident services, it's going to take, like, 48 hours. And by then, Franklin is long gone. Franklin is long gone. And can I just say that I felt, as, as a parent, very proud of my child for, like, just getting over it. She was very excited for Turkey Day. And then when it didn't happen and there was no way it could happen, she got over it right away and oh. we moved on to other things. Yeah, like at that age, I would have fucking lost my shit if I yeah. couldn't see a turkey roast a human in, in the town square. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, so that's my Animal Crossing update. Also, uh, June has a really sick floor in her house, which now has three rooms. The floor is this really cool, like, pattern. It looks like... It looks like a wood floor with like, you know, uh, wood panels, slats. What what do you call the boards? 
Floorboards. Floor floor slats, yeah. The, the panels are different shades of brown and then some shades of pink. Okay, uh, yeah, I like that. That sounds good. And so she was showing me around her house and like showing me all the things she had customized. And the first thing I pointed out was how cool the floor was. And she was like, yeah, I didn't customize that. Oh, it just came with that? It just came like that. So anyway, that's the latest here from Animal Crossing. So everybody, get ready for Turkey Day 2021. Okay, yes. I would love to fast forward to Turkey Day 2021. <laughs> I think we all would. Okay, here we um, go. All right. Would you like to talk about cookies? Sure. So Lori, has she met, has she been like like getting to work okay? I mean, she's made 13 out of 20 cookies. I'm not sure. Every time I turn around, there's a new Gladware full of cookies. Where are you while she's doing this? Are you singing in the storage closet? I'm, I'm often singing in the storage closet and then I come out and there's three new cookies. Wow, God. I Wow. Usually what happens here is like, I don't know, I go outside to do some weeding and I, I come back in and Ash has woven something on their lap loom. I mean, that's so, that's so <laughs> that's, lap loom. That's, is that real? Yes. Ash has a loom that, that sits on their lap and they, they weave things. We're... I, I'm, I'm currently in the middle of working on a quilt, and Ash is is weaving a lot of things. <laughs> I think if you had asked me, I would have said a loom is like a big wooden machine that that has to that takes up like a quarter of a room. Oh, for sure. But they're also right? they're also small looms. You can even make a loom. Uh, so June, Ash made a loom out of the lid of a cardboard box for June, and she wove a little wow. thing for my mom for her birthday. Okay, well, this is this has been uh, Loom Lecture. Uh, oh, is this, this, a, is this a new segment? This we is a have new, to. new segment. I don't, I don't like the name. What's what's a better name than Loom Lecture? Uh, well, Ash, uh, Lo- Ash, Loom Room. This is. <laughs> You've entered the loom room. Wow. You know what is actually the best thing about 2020 is all the new segments. It's all the new have. segments. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're okay. we're going to keep up this this new segment bit until until Abby quits. Thank <laughs> Okay. Great. So walk me through these cookies. Okay. It's uh, it's time. It's time for a new segment. Walk me through these cookies. <laughs> uh, so as I mentioned, uh, wife of the show, Lori, has made 13 out of 20 cookies so far. I'm not going to talk about the one she hasn't made yet because I don't have any opinion on, on cookies I haven't tried yet. But I'm going to go through uh, these 13 cookies and I'm going to tell you what I remember about them because some of them didn't make much of an impression. Okay. <laughs> I already mentioned coconut cranberry cheese. What were you going to say? I was going to say that the next one on the list is Napoleon's hats. And these are the only ones that don't have, like, these don't have anything written next to them. You just wrote Napoleon's hats. Like, it's Uh, self-explanatory. That's because I knew I would remember these. They they are like a, uh, you know, tri-corner hat shaped cookie, which is, is that a Napoleon's hat? Did he wear a tri-corner hat? I feel like there's a a Napoleon crossing. Oh, that's Washington crossing the Delaware. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, no. When Napoleon came over to fight in the American Revolution, he wore a very fetching hat. <laughs> Whoops. This is this is our new segment, History Lessons with Molly and Matthew. <laughs> okay. No, but I've, somebody wore a tri-corner hat, and I'm not sure if it was Napoleon so or not. So maybe these were really like more was... like George Washington's hats. But yes. they're, they're like, uh, you know, kind of a Hamantaschen-shaped cookie. Yes, um, I see it now. But uh, instead of like a poppy seed filling, it had it has an almond paste-based filling, which <gasps> gets really like kind of puffy and, and a little brown, but it, it retains its chewiness. Very good cookie. Oh, I love the Would thought of this. Would definitely eat again. And what's the dough for the hat itself? The dough for the hat is kind of a, I think like a shortbread-y dough. And so basically, would you say that, that the brain is the almond paste? I was just wondering, like, yeah, because I'm thinking, like, what's the filling of a real hat? Oh, it's your head. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, so so it tasted it as far as we know historically speaking, it tasted a lot like Napoleon's brain. <laughs> uh, these cookies sound great. So far, out of the two cookies we've discussed, this is my favorite. Okay. Next okay. up, Pfeffernus. Classic. Uh, which I knew uh, it was a word that I knew, and I think I knew it was a cookie, but I would also get it confused with Hassenpfeffer, which I think is a rabbit dish. Uh, but Pfeffernus means pepper nuts in German. And amazingly enough, we, I, we learned that these cookies do not have to contain pepper or nuts. Wow, that's amazing. The ones, the ones from Sunset do contain nuts, but uh, apparently they're called pepper nuts because the pepper refers to spices and the nuts refers to like that the cookies are like kind of the size of a nut. Okay. But these do contain nuts and are not the size of a nut because they're like a slice and bake cookie. Okay. Uh, but they're they're uh, really nice. They've got a uh, little candied orange peel in them and some, I think, pecans. And uh, they've got a nice, nice chew to them. They brown nicely. Uh, I've been snacking on them. They they feel, because maybe because of the candied orange peel, they feel like an appropriate breakfast cookie. Hmm. So I've been, like, grabbing one along with my tea in the morning. So where do they sit, like, in relation to gingerbread, like a gingerbread cookie? Like a classic American gingerbread cookie. They are not dark. They don't have molasses. Oh, they're not dark. Okay. So, this so makes they're more like, sense. Sort of like a... I mean, like, is a slice, uh, like a shortbread cookie is, is like a slice. A slice and bake cookie is like a shortbread kind of, right? Or not Well, there are many kinds of slice okay. and bake cookies, but sure. I, um, I see what you mean. Yeah. It's like a, like a kind of crumbly, I don't know if it's more crumbly or more chewy, but, you know, kind of a whitish cookie. I would be curious to hear from listeners of ours who uh, who live in countries uh, or parts of the world where Pfeffernus is always made at the holidays. Yeah. Is this a classic? Like, I just always imagined Pfeffernus being a, like a brown cookie. Yeah, I don't think I, I think these were not classic in some ways, but I don't really know what the original is like or if it's something that's always varied so much from like village to village that there's no agreed upon archetype. So of the three cookies we've discussed, I know that you guys do always make the coconut cranberry chews. This is a family favorite for That's years, right? a family right? favorite for 19 years. But the Napoleon's hats and the Pfeffernus, would these be made again? Oh, yeah. I think both of these are uh, definitely the Napoleon hats. I'm going to give like 70% chance on the Pfeffernus. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Next up, Alfajores de Dulce de Leche. Okay. Wife of the show, Lori, looked around for dulce de leche, did not find any, and so made them with carousel, uh, salted caramel sauce from Spilled Milk listener Kristen. Ooh, wait, her company, is it? Is that the Ardent Homesteader? That's correct. Yes. Hello, listener Kristen. Yeah, if you haven't ordered your carousel yet from the Ardent Homesteader, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. These were these are like a sandwich cookie made with like two sugar cookies sandwiched with the with the caramel sauce and then uh, then rolled in coconut around the edge. Yes. Teenager of the show Iris really liked them. It was one of their favorites. I found them like too sweet for me. Okay. I wonder if there are one that um, gets more interesting with a couple days age on it. Like sometimes when That's I possible. Sometimes when there's a cookie, because the actual cookie part of it is just sort of like a like a shortbread cookie. Like, is it a vanilla type cookie? Yeah, I often feel like a cookie like that needs a couple days of sitting at room temp to get its full kind of buttery depth of flavor. Yeah, and I don't think I think I gave up on these after day one, and maybe I should have been in it for the long haul. Mm. Well, life lessons, Matthew. Matthew. 
This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances, like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh-huh, so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Next up, chocolate therapy cookies. These, we think the problem is we made them with too high a cocoa percentage chocolate. Because Mm. when you tried to pick them up, they would crumble into dust. And the dust was very tasty. Like if you took one of these and crumbled it over vanilla ice cream, it would be very satisfying. I think we're going to try these again with a with a more uh, like mass market chocolate. Was it a cookie that had cocoa in the dough and chunks of chocolate in it as well? Or what what were these like? Yes, exactly. So it was kind of like like if you had like like a chocolate chocolate chip cookie or like a triple chocolate cookie, kind of a brownie like cookie. Sure. That's that's what it was going for. Okay. It crumbled away into dust, as we all will someday. You know, this reminds me of a cookie that my mother made for years that I think we might have talked about on Holiday Cookies 1, Chocolate Rads. Oh, we definitely did. I remember that name. Yeah, it's like a triple chocolate cookie. Those are those are really solid. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I definitely am a fan of that style of cookie. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another one coming up that's that's uh, just a simple twist on it that did come out really well. That's a teaser. Ooh, I'm here for it, Matthew. Next up, cranberry rugelach. This was uh, uh, wife of the show Lori's first time making rugelach. I've never made them before either, although I've eaten them. I did not know how they were made because of the cranberry. It was so funny. You roll out the dough into a big circle and then you spread it with the with the cranberry uh, filling, which is made with orange and uh, I don't remember what else. But it looks exactly like you're putting tomato sauce on a pizza. Oh, my God. And really? then you cut it into pizza slices and roll them up. That's and delightful. then bake them. Yeah, it was it was great. And was the dough really? It's you know, it's usually so flaky uh, in these pastries. Was it really flaky? And it was. They came tender? out really nice. Okay, yeah, nice. You know, my dad loved these. He pronounced well. He pronounced it rugula. I have no idea. Yeah, what, I'm not. I'm not to totally do. sure. Um, and some, sometimes people don't say the the ch. 
he, I remember, you know, this was one of those things I remember him introducing me to with great pride. Like maybe we were like in a coffee shop somewhere and they had a, like a glass cookie jar of them. And he was like, oh, you should try one of these. I think though, I think I have never had a cranberry one. I've only had ones that maybe had like cinnamon and nuts inside. Right. Yeah. This cinnamon one, it did have nuts, but it had, it had the, the added uh, twist of cranberry. And how did you feel about it? Would, would you make again? I mean, I didn't make them, so would, would I eat them again? again? Yes. In fact, there are some on the counter now, and I may eat one after this episode. Okay. Would Lori make them again? I didn't get the sense that she would. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Next up, Chinese almond cookies. The less said, the better. This was a very boring sugar cookie with a, with a blanched almond on top. The, the cool thing about this was that uh, Lori blanched almonds for the first time, and that worked really well. But uh, I feel like there's a whiff of Orientalism about this cookie, and it yes. wasn't very good. Okay. Yeah. The, I think the name of this cookie is very uh, problematic. Mm-hmm. I hope that it would be updated in a 2020 context. Yes, uh, updated context. perhaps by not being included. Um, all right, next up, chocolate chip meringues. Pretty good. I'm not a big meringue person, but like I think the chocolate integrated nicely. They smelled great while they were baking, like a great pure chocolate aroma. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they did, they certainly all got eaten. Okay. Yeah, pretty good uh, that you, you wrote here. I wrote pretty good. Pretty How do you good. feel about meringues? I love meringues, but I don't always think of them as a cookie. I think that meringues are- A candy? Feel- well, the only time I'm really ever interested in meringues is when I see like a really big, uh, like a fist size meringue in like a like a bakery. Do you know what I mean? I think that you want them to be large yeah, so that you can have that real textural contrast between the outside that's crunchy and the inside that's maybe still a little marshmallowy, just a little bit. Yeah, these were I small wonder... ones that were mostly just on the crunchy side, but with a little uh, like yeah. softened, cho- melty chocolate. Yeah, I don't like that when it's just crunchy all the way through. Or it's not that I don't like it. I, it just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I understand. Next up, we have Royal Raspberry Bars. This is a bar cookie with a with a layer of raspberry jam and then a layer of meringue on top. And hmm. uh, I would describe it as incoherent. I was fascinated when I read that. First, I thought, wow, maybe Matthew uh, was typing something else. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how your cookie could be incoherent. And then I thought, of course, the cookie can be incoherent. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, we all had the same response. Like, this isn't bad, but we don't understand, like, how the meringue and the raspberry jam and the cookie layer are all meant to go together. It seems like a couple of different recipes got mashed up. Yeah. Okay. So that's would so, would not make again. That's so weird. I would never think to do meringue on top of raspberry jam. Although, I mean, I guess it, it's not like a totally wild or crazy idea because raspberry can be so nice and tart meringue is sweet okay i said i wasn't going to talk about cookies that that uh, have not yet been made but there's one coming up that i am terrified of but also excited to try in case it's good which is uh it's mocha marmalade cookies that they combine coffee chocolate and orange marmalade which sounds bad but what if it's not yeah i just I think we've talked before about the problems of combining chocolate and and fruit. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about coffee and fruit. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't, I don't even have a sense. sense like it, it I mean I guess you could get like a like a raspberry mocha or something, but I it's not something I would order. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, orange anise bizcochitos. I do not remember these cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how long has Lori been been engaged know, in like this endeavor? Month. You don't remember cookies you ate a month ago? There have been a if if I gave you thirteen cookies of various quality Fine. and then and then gave you a, a test Fine. on like what cookies you just ate, would you remember all of them? No, but if I were going to tape a podcast with my dear friend Molly about yeah. it, you better believe I would re- I would go through in my memory and I would relive each of those cookies. Okay, well, so that I could tell my dear friend Molly about them. Here's what I'm going to do. Right before we started taping this show, wife of the show Lori shared with me a uh, Google Photos album oh, with boy. pictures of all of the cookies. Oh my! I'm going to see if I can figure out what, which ones. What a human! Oh, that Watzel. Uh, okay, I'm looking at these pictures of all these cookies, and I still don't know which one uh, is the uh, Biscochitos. It, it must be this one. Well, that's Maybe. really helpful. Oh, right. These are the ones that had tons and tons of anise seed. That Oh, yeah, anise is in the name. <laughs> okay, uh, these is were a, the is cookies. A bisco, is a Biscochito, is that like twice cooked? Um, I, I think I don't, it's... I don't... Oh, you know what? I think you're. I think you're right. I think it's twice cooked in the same in the same sense that biscuit also means twice cooked or biscotti. Oh, whoa! Okay, you just blew my mind. I'm a real linguist. These are all like biscochitos, biscuits, and biscotti are all the same. Are all like this? I mean, they're not the same thing. But wait, were these twice cooked though, or am I just like? Please, uh, let's be clear. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm looking at biscochito. This is this is going to be one of those episodes that has a lot of pauses to look things up. Okay. Biscochitos are a crisp lard or butter-based cookie flavored with cinnamon and anise. The name is a Spanish diminutive form of bizcocho. The dough is rolled and traditionally cut into the shape of stars and crescent moons. The cookie was developed by residents of New Mexico over the centuries from the oh. first Spanish colonists of what was then known as Santa Fe de Nuevo Mexico. Greatly influenced not only by local and indigenous customs, but also res- also by recipes brought to New Mexico by immigrants from other Hispanic countries. This is a, a cookie with a venerable history, and I think you really have to like anise seed. Okay. Yeah, so now that I remember it was the one with all the anise seed, I was like, okay, if I was if I was really into anise seed, I would think this was a good cookie. The texture was good. It was not too sweet, but it had a lot of anise seed. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, w- I would love to try that. I think that sounds nice. I think it sounds like the kind of cookie that well, you mentioned earlier grabbing a, a pfeffernoose along with your tea. I yes. think it sounds like the kind of cookie that would be really nice to grab with like uh, your afternoon tea. But I, I never, my snacks never look like that. <laughs> <laughs> never, never look like what? Well, I never like make, it's, I rarely, maybe one out of every 10 days do I make myself a cup of tea in the afternoon and I never have a cookie with it. Okay, but you could, but right? I could. I don't know why I never think to. Yeah, okay. Well, if uh, I mean, are you coming over tomorrow to get your paycheck? Because I could give you a lot of cookies. Not this one, because we finished them. Um, well, let's discuss off the air. Okay, great. So that our listeners don't get jealous. All right. Next up, nutmeg sugar cookies. This was a very boring sugar cookie with a little nutmeg. Ah, okay. All right, uh, fair enough. Chocolate macadamia nut clusters. This was my favorite so far. I love chocolate. I love macadamia nuts. It was basically like a chocolate rad, but with whole macadamia nuts in it. Highly recommended. These went fast. 
Cool. Okay, so these will definitely be made again. Were they enjoyed yes. by Watsall as these well? These were enjoyed by everybody. Oh, great. I love this. Okay. Uh, and finally, for now, until until next week when we do Holiday Cookies 3 with the seven remaining ap- recipes, <laughs> I think we do have to do this, right? I guess we'll see what listeners say. I think you have to ask your wife because she's the one who has to do the, the, the real legwork here. Well, but she's going to make the rest of the cookies whether or not we do an episode about it. I'm just like scratching around for any ideas for a podcast. <laughs> it reminds me of a chicken, chicken scratch. You know? I, am, I am like the turkey. Do turkeys also scratch? I'm not sure. I want to be like the turkey that didn't show up for, for Thanksgiving in Animal Crossing. The Franklin. 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 Yeah. yeah. Franklin, like like Franklin, I am too good for this shit. You need to expand your 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 consumer services center or whatever it's called before I'm gonna show up at your party. Consumer <laughs> resident services, Matthew. That was, okay. That's very close. Hold on. Wait, I want to hear about the Louisiana pecan balls, but I just want to have a moment uh, where, where we discuss some like like uh holiday cookie logistics in twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Well, so I was like a month ago, I was starting ever so tentatively to think about what to give people for Christmas this year. And I was realizing the degree to which I rely upon the fact that for years now, I have made these tins of holiday cookies. And oh, yeah. Given we them look forward to it every to year. Friends, right? Well, I kind of feel like even though we know, at least as of the air date of this show, December 10th, that that food is not like the most common way of transferring COVID, Right. Right. It still seems to me that like people are not really into sharing food right now <clears throat> for good reason. Yeah. So I feel like this may be the first year in my adult life that I am not going to give anyone Christmas cookies. And I, I feel kind of weird about that. And I wonder if I'm giving up too easily. Are you giving out Christmas cookies? Are you giving these to other people? We, I mean, what? we've given some away to family members. I don't know if they ate them or not. We don't usually give out Christmas cookies in general, so so we didn't have that dilemma. Okay. Could you just give cash instead? Absolutely not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no. And this is part of the thing. The cookies, like, even though a lot of these cookies are on the expensive end to make, right? Nuts are expensive. Chocolate's expensive. At the same time, like, making all of these tins of holiday cookies has allowed me to feel... Like I could give gifts to people I really care about without spending a ton of money, like using more of my time than money. You're right. You're going to have to get everyone a PS5. What's a PS5? It's a Sony uh, video game console. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so I was trying to think of like what is the what is like the holiday gift that everyone wants to get their hands on this year. And I think maybe that's it. Well, so get everyone, get all of our listeners a switch so they can all join join us on Animal Crossing, (laughs) including me, who's never played it. Matthew. So, I mean, I'm thinking like, I don't think you're going to get a Christmas present from me this year. That's fine. I just I just we're working on a holiday card, but that doesn't take the place of a tin of of cookies or, or toffee. But, but it doesn't it doesn't feel right to give you a tin of edible things when like we're not sharing food this year. All I want is your friendship. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, there is that's totally that's 100% true and yet there was no way to to say it without sounding like a sarcastic dickhead, right? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, Matthew, but, I but, just I, But seriously, this doesn't bother me at all and I totally understand and I'm just happy to be your friend. 
Oh, I do not need man. stuff in a tin in order in order to stay friends with you. Like okay. you know, if you okay. if like if if next year like you know we're all vaccinated and you still don't give me a tin, then I'm going to start to it's have questions. Be a real problem. Yep. Okay. Yep. So finally, Louisiana pecan balls. These are basically like those you know Russian tea cakes, uh, like uh, powdered yep. sugar lump cookies. It's a good version of them. There was a little bit of an issue because it's said to like toss with powdered sugar while they're still warm and they yep. got really like greasy. No, that's uh, what happens. Then you then you let them cool and then you toss them again. You okay, roll them so twice in powdered I, sugar. I wanted I wanted less powdered sugar than that. Like the, nope. the thing I nope. always feel about these cookies is like they have more powdered sugar than I need nope. in my life and mouth. So I I, I grabbed nope, one. Nope, 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 nope. I grabbed one before they got before they got powdered sugared and just ate it naked and it was great. <sighs> the no. cookie was naked. The cookie was naked. Not me. Okay. No. All right. Fair enough. Do you know if the pecans were toasted? I believe so. The uh, the version it was of Russian... very good. Like the the nuts really came through nicely. Okay, the version of Russian tea cakes that my mother made for years and years did not call for the pecans to be toasted. But in recent years, we've started toasting the nuts, and it makes a huge difference. I, I don't know why you wouldn't. Anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I yeah. mean, the, the only reason why you wouldn't is because toasting nuts is scary because like they qu- so quickly go from perfectly toasted to burned. Matthew, twenty twenty. If you have not gotten over your fear of toasting nuts by the end of this year yeah you're right dear god and also like no no one else is going is going to be upset because you didn't give them a cookie tip this is not a thing you need to worry about oh oh we're, we're back to that now. we're back to okay that. thank you that i, I wasn't sure if that. i was making that clear but so am i off the hook what, then what i'm on saying giving... is even though i'm much more understanding than the rest of your friends and family <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, the thing is, is I always gave them to local friends, too. Like, yeah, that, that was my gift for, like, local friends and neighbors and stuff. And now they're just going to get nothing from me. So. That's fine. It's yeah. totally fine. Okay. So, wait a minute, Matthew. I see here that uh, we should specify that Lori, also known as Watzel, made candied orange peel from scratch yeah, and for I some said, of these cookies. I said that this went into two of the cookies, but I feel like maybe it was even more than that. Like, I think it went into the, um, maybe the... Orange anise bizcochitos, although that might have been just orange zest, definitely went into the um, uh, pfeffernus. The yep, the pfeffernus and the rugelach. Ah, wow, God, way to go, Watzel! That is really impressive. I've never candied any fruit myself. I mean, it made I, the house smell really good. Okay, not only did it make the house smell really good because you have to like stew the peel in syrup. Mm-hmm. And then let it dry, but like so, like like a bunch of orange peel, like simmering in syrups, smells great. It's like one of those things you should do if you're trying to sell your house. Yeah, but then you have all this this like intensely orange flavored syrup, which I've been putting into my mm. old fashions. Oh my god, that's great, isn't it? Oh, so good. Oh my god. Okay, so all right, Matthew, I feel like we've uh, we have reached an ending point, but but. <laughs> I think maybe we can soon do Holiday Cookies 3, but it might come I think come so. In, like, let's see what people think, think of this episode. It might come in early 2021. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have seven more cookies to talk about. I, I'm so excited. Uh, I, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. I also want to give a little shout out, actually, while I'm here. So when this... When this episode airs, December 10th, yeah. it will be one two, one day too late for uh, an event that I'll be doing with Louisa Weiss, author of Classic German Baking. But it's not too late for me to give a shout out to this book, Classic German Baking, which has a lot 
of Christmassy cookie recipes in it, in addition to all kinds of other things. But talk about Pfeffernoose. Louisa has a recipe in here for Pfeffernoose. And it just occurs to me that it doesn't feel right to do a holiday cookies episode without mentioning this book, which... I kind of feel like it is is a uh, a real a real bible on some of these cookies. All right, let's uh let's link to that in the show notes. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so so check it out. Classic German baking by Louisa Weiss and see what she says about Pfeffernus and other things. Yeah, I can't wait. I uh I bet this this one this book sounds like it would be a good present for wife of the show Lori. Don't tell her. Okay. Okay. You can find us at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Uh, when we say something's going to be in the show notes, like that's in the description in your podcast player. Like all those links will be there. You can also find us on Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk, where I'm having fun uh, chatting with the fans. What, what do we do over there? Like people are talking about perfectly engineered food products. They're making uh, episode suggestions like join up. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's full of nice people. I even hang out there sometimes. Cool. Anything else? Our producer is Abby Circatella. She's the one who who, uh, who who cut out six other segments that we did that didn't air this week. <laughs> yeah. Happy baking, everybody. We'll see you next week. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that's filling your brain with almond paste. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. I loved it when Napoleon showed up for the American Revolution. <laughs> That's good. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle.